Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside access to the National Football League. NFL Insider, Jason Lockenfora, Ravens Insider, Ken Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach, Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. The League at Large, brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50% off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at valorhome.com. 1057 The Fan. We've got to find a formula that allows us to score more points more consistently, and I know we're still searching through it. We've got a lot of guys in and out, and we're trying to find some good formulas, and you know we're going to keep grinding. Tom Brady talking about the team needing to score more points coming off the win on Monday Night Football against the Saints. They're in San Francisco against Brock Birdie, Purdy and the 49ers. Smells on like Sunday. an honor to me, GG. Smells like a, a maybe a, a road win for the Buccaneers. I don't know. San Francisco's defense is going to be. I mean, they're, they're struggling to score 15 points a game against average defenses, yeah, yeah. and they're facing. I just wonder a what, truly elite one here. I just wonder what the 49ers. This will we'll see the genius of Kyle Shanahan because now the other team's got a week to prepare. Tampa's got some athletes on that defense. I don't know what Brock Purdy's getting done against them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I mean, I, I think it's probably a, a pretty ugly, old school throwback football game. Um, it's just everything is such a struggle. I saw this stat today; it blew my mind. Tom Brady in the first three quarters of football games this season. Tom Brady heading into Week 14 through th- the first three quarters of every game he's played this season, seven total passing touchdowns. Wow. It's bonkers. That is bonkers. But it seems like game script, That's they don't do anything, and then they score no. once or twice in the fourth quarter to barely win or barely lose. Yeah, Mark Ingram doesn't t- get the first down. He runs out of bounds. Like, you know, Tampa's getting two touchdowns in five minutes. They win the game. Yeah, I mean, obviously a flawed football team. We'll see if they get, you know, Tristan Wirfs back. Boy, they really better get him back yeah. against that San Francisco front. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. That was one of the lower over-unders. Let's get under. Yeah, 37 and a half. Let's get under. I'm under. Hey, uh, the Packers have the bye this week, but that doesn't prevent Aaron Rodgers. From oh, the, he's flapping his gums. Oh, uh, he loves talking to Pat McAfee. And Christian Watson has eight touchdowns over the last <laughs> four games. He talks about Watson. He's playing really, really well. He's catching the ball all the time now. The, I wouldn't say the technique has really changed a whole lot, but as a former receiver used to say, with an odd catching style, results. Made a lot, of, a lot of catches. He hadn't dropped anything, so that's been good. Not since week one where he dropped a touchdown. Christian Watson, seven pa- receiving touchdowns, the one rushing touchdown last week. He's gone from a guy, and he was taking the second round. I think they traded up to get him. Yeah. Who 
look like, oh my, early in the season it to now. Bad. To now, he looks like he could be a star in this league the way he's playing. Well, look, he's... Because now teams know about him and yeah. he's still scoring. Yeah, look, I, I he's been one of my best bets at Sportsline for three or four weeks. Now take the, the uh, Watson anytime touchdown. I don't know that it's going to be plus money again this week. Um, but yeah, it's clear that I mean, a lot of them are five yards, seven yards. Like, I mean, there, there's weeks where one week I think he had two or three touchdowns and, like, not even 25 total yards. So, uh, Rodgers likes them in tight spaces. Roger likes Rodgers likes to throw, you know, fades to him in the back mm-hmm. of the end zone. Um, he, he doesn't seem to be the most natural catcher of the ball, and he certainly had issues with drops. But now they're activating him in the run game as well. Um, you know, the Packers come back. They barely win that game. Like, if you're Mark Murphy, their team president, and you're sitting in the you know owner's booth, not that they have an owner, in the suite or whatever, there's got to be a part of you that's like just hoping you lose, right? Like if they lost to that game to the Bears, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that they'd be ramping Jordan Love up, right? Yeah. They'd be going to this bye saying, we, got to, we drafted this kid. We moved up to take him in the first round three years ago. Our offense is broken with the old man there, like, they had a struggle to come back and barely beat the Bears, who have no defense whatsoever. Like, you would have been turning over the baton. But now they're still mathematically alive, and this guy is going to be taken out of my cold, dead hands, and they're probably not up for that fight. Let's get to uh, the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller, they, they were <clears throat> going to let him rest and see how it goes, and then they went in and did a procedure and found out the ACL was torn. After all, he's done for the year. Yeah, I mean... Buffalo's defense, it's still good. It hasn't been great for a while. They've been really trying to get by with, um, you know, it seems like at least three starters is out every week. Some weeks it's five or six. Maybe they'll get healthier on the back end. But, you know, they really need, you know, Rousseau and Basham have to be be things now. Um, Not that they weren't before, but this was the guy who you just, you know, he's up for the big. I mean, Von Miller, come on. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, he clo- he's a fourth quarter closer. He has a flair for the dramatic in big games in the postseason. And they had done a really good job of keeping him on a pitch count for the most part to try to get him to where they start making their money, which isn't until the playoffs. So that's a big loss, man. I think it's a, I think it's a really significant loss. Yeah, I, I I do as well. He was the vet on that team, and they, you know, they they were hoping to have him back for the playoffs. Where, as you said, he could close. Speaking of ACLs, uh, it sounds like Jerry Jones was not thrilled looking at Odell Beckham when he came to town, and doesn't sound like he, teams don't think he's going to be ready until the playoffs, if at all. Well, I mean, five weeks or so, I guess that's what. Uh, Michael Parsons says Odell told him. Like like we've been saying all along, the idea that he's going to give you a whole lot this season, you know, I compared him to Deshaun Jackson, and I think that's probably what it's going to be. Like, it's going to take you. Let's say he can come back for the final regular season game or two. Like, he's probably not going to be right till the championship game. You know what I mean? If you get there. Up until that, I mean, how, how much, you, what is he running? Mm-hmm. 15 routes a game? 12, like, it, it, it's. What's the point? Well, I'm not saying what's the point. I mean, one play could be the difference, but the the idea that he's going to be a down-in, down-out game changer for any team prior to the Super Bowl is probably a tough ask. One more note, uh, and we this is we found out about this after Northern Exposure, but it's still it's a football story. Uh, Joe Mixon is uh, 
is back at practice in full today, according to Ben Baby, who covers them for ESPN. And not that he they, they missed him because Samaje Pirine was so good, but doesn't hurt to have Joe Mixon back. No, it doesn't hurt at all. Um, I feel like the, the the that team has evolved a little bit. Like the, it's kind of been a few stages for them. Like they were running the hell out of Joe Mixon for a while. And then they got the pass game going. And then, you know, Chase got hurt and they kind of reinvented themselves again. And then towards the latter part of that part of that time, um, you really started to see Higgins and some other people take off. And so I don't think they're back to trying to force feed Joe Mixon the football. I, I don't think they're back to, you know, oh, we gotta be a ball control team, we've gotta bleed the clock. Um I don't think that's where they're at, and I don't think that's where Joe Burrow is. Either. Um, They're going to score some points. We go from football to football coming up next as the World Cup is in a day off, but we have some update as to who has advanced in that tournament. Also, more stuff with the U.S. I read an interesting story uh, that uh, the U.S. has started to negotiate an extension with Greg Berhalter. I'm sure Jason Locken for us some thoughts on that, and we'll get him next here on The Fan. Inside Access on the Fan. From Lutz Field to Patterson Park. Pulisic! Patterson in the upper 90! To the hallowed turf at Wembley Stadium. Inside Access to the beautiful game. 1057 The Fan. Jason, I thought of you yesterday. I think of you often, but I thought of you yesterday especially. I was scrolling through Twitter, and I see this tweet that says the U.S. and Mm -hmm. Greg Berhalter are discussing extension talks. And, and, you know, this is coming off the, well, maybe this is the message that U.S. soccer needs that Greg Berhalter isn't the answer. Mm -hmm. So it surprised me a little bit. Uh, I'm just curious. Your I'm thoughts when surprised. you saw this? No, I have. I look. They're they're a gung show. They're a bunch of clowns over there at Soccer House. They just they care about their puppets and and they care about doing things their way and they care about keeping money in their pockets. And they didn't do a robust search last time. It was an inside job to hire somebody's brother-in-law. And now that he's there, um, you know, they they advanced. They didn't completely pee down their leg. And this guy, as much as he fancies himself a world-class manager, I don't think his agent's going to have the kind of options out there in Europe um, in a top-flight league that would make him think the grass is greener on the other side. I'm praying somebody throws can, can money ask, at him. Can I ask a question because I don't know the answer, but I just, is it possible that there are people that think highly of him? Other than the brother-in-law, like it is—is is it possible that you know, fans sometimes get irrational about things? Is it possible that you're just irrational about Greg no. Bearhalter? He that, wasn't an elite manager in MLS. I'm just asking—I don't know the answer. Yeah, like he—he wasn't—he wasn't a distinguished MLS manager. Um, you know, he played for the U.S. Played uh, with Gio Reyna's dad yes, and didn't play Claudia. the kid. Um, but that's not—you know qualifications in and of itself and you know the the problem here is it's multifold it's it's um the sort of general ineptitude of the bureaucracy that runs things it's the lack of oversight and transparency um and it's them looking for reasons to 
sort of justify their own existence or justify that the way we do things is fine rather than do a critical rethink. Look, the bottom line was this program hit its absolute bottom and they had all this time. They they, they gave Dave Sarakin the job for like a year and a half on an interim basis pretending they were going to reinvent what they do only to hire this clown. Mm-hmm. So if that didn't bring them to their senses then, Getting, you know, embarrassed a little bit by Holland in, in the knockout stage wasn't going to do it. So I was praying that this guy would walk away. I was praying he would say, I'm better than you think. F you fans. I don't need you. I'll go to Europe. I was praying somebody would throw an offer at him in some European league that he would look at as an alternative. But for him to be talking to them this quickly and them to be talking to him this quickly tells me, they probably knew even before the tournament, as long as they didn't crash out and lose every game, he was going to have a chance to stay. Um, so, no, it's it sucks, and I will continue to not purchase any U.S. men's soccer items. I'm not going to pay for any tickets. I'm not, I'm, they're not getting another penny out of me. I said that when they hired this guy, that as long as he was there, I'll watch, I'll support, but you're not getting a penny out of me, and, and that'll continue to be the case. Um this will be a very different four-year cycle, Gigi. There's no World Cup qualifying. So, like, the, the yeah, games that in, would matter, yeah. right, because we're hosting in 2026. So, like, critical games on the road where you could really sort of, you know, see what this guy did under pressure, they're not going to be under any real pressure. They're going to the next World Cup. Um, there is some good news, though, that that's come out about the level of competition. Uh, it sounds like the U.S. is maybe even going to host the Copa America, which is the South American soccer championship it was going to be in ecuador you know the u.s and canada there were rumors they were going to be a guest team in that tournament um it now sounds like that's going to happen and it may be on american soil so that would allow the u.s to be in an elite tournament uh capacity you know playing uruguay and argentina and brazil which is a lot higher level of competition than they would get playing within Concacaf, our region you know against oh it's jamaica again oh it's you know, Martinique again. Oh, it's Cuba again. So that's at least a positive because they have to schedule more matches with teams outside of CONCACAF if they're truly going to compete with teams outside of CONCACAF. But yeah, this guy, look, I mean, if they do this, and it seems like they're going to do this, the, the it, this whole next cycle starts with the person I think is the best soccer player in America, Gio Reyna, having this same jackass over his head who refused to let him play in this tournament. Like, I... So you're not happy? No, but I'm not surprised either. I'm not surprised in the least, Gigi. World Cup hosts. Idiots it, will idiot. Is it automatic that the host nation gets into the World yes. Cup? That that's Yeah, because Qatar was, they didn't win a game this year. No. Qatar would have not qualified. Even the next go around when they expand the field to 48, because why not? Everything's a cash grab. Yes. Qatar won't qualify for that. Um so yeah, we'll see. But look, the tournament does resume. Yeah, we got we got, we got knockout games. Eight uh, games left. I mean, eight teams left. Yes. Do you so, have a favorite? Um, I think Argentina and Brazil will play in that semifinal. I think Argentina will beat the Netherlands, and I think Brazil will beat Croatia. And I think whoever wins Brazil, Argentina is going to win this tournament. And the other side of the bracket, I think France will dispatch of England. I think England's overrated. Um, France is really good. Yes, they are. Maybe and, the best player in the tournament, Mbappe. Mbappe yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, he's he is a unique talent. And then um, I'd like to see Morocco beat Portugal. I mean, Portugal hung six on Switzerland, and they did it with Ronaldo on the bench where he belongs. But Morocco seems to be a team of destiny, and I think that crowd will be behind them. So you'd like to see at least one team get you know advance that that hasn't really been there before. But I mean, whoever faces France, I think is in trouble. So I'm I'm thinking it's France against the the last remaining South American team. Brazil's played with the most flair. I, I think Brazil has provided so much entertainment value, even though there's a bunch of old fogies saying, oh, they celebrate too much. They do this too much. They do that too much. Um, I love the style they're playing. I love the energy they play with, the passion they play with. Jogo Benito. So, I mean, I, again, but I also Messi finally getting a World Cup would be pretty would be pretty amazing. So I, I hope those two play in the semifinals, and whoever wins that match I'll be rooting for in the finals. So this gets back started up again on Friday. Yes, sir. Uh, looking forward to watching these games with you here in studio. Are they, will they be on while we're on? Um, Yeah, it'll be the same. T- uh, they should be, yeah. Yeah, because you got the early game. At is- least. Some of the yeah, 10 a.m. 2 p.m. Yeah. Yes, we, we some we, of the quarterfinals. Now, we obviously we don't have shows on the weekend, but yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, coming up next here on the program, it was bound to happen. The Terps men's basketball team was going to lose a game. They lost in Wisconsin last night. We'll recap and we'll hear from head coach Kevin Willard. That's uh, he spoke after the game, and we'll hear from him next here on the fan. Inside access. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Weinman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Candy safe, we kiss. Wisconsin has upset Maryland, knocked it off the number 13 ranked team of the country with a first loss for the Tampons this year. We didn't come out with the same pop. And, you know, we, we have a lot of guys that haven't played against a team like Wisconsin, the physicality, the bumping, and you know, what they get away with, especially in this building. And I think it kind of knocked us off our, our heels early in the game. You know, I, I said, you know, hey, guys, you know, we didn't play well and we had a chance to win. And as long as, you know, we'll play better, as long as we bring the effort and we kind of bring that same attitude, that same grit. I mean, it's not easy to win on the road. You know, you're, you're trying to win three or four a year. You heard the final call, Johnny Holiday, game heard right here on 105.7 The Fan, and then Kevin Willard after the game talking about what went wrong last it's night. It's a blue blood getting home cooking, GG. That's what that was. It was a Big Ten blue blood <laughs> And then what he told home the team cooking. after the loss. And what it was is this: uh, Maryland had open looks in the first half, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Second half late, they missed some shots that, that they probably usually hit. I loved the one quote Willard said, we we didn't play well, and yet we saw the chance to win the well, game. absolutely. They, like, did this look at Dante Scott? Well, I Dante would say that was 3 of 14 last night. I think they played really hard. I don't think they played that effectively in the offensive um, half. Now, since you're Debbie Downer, I'll tell you I'm what I like. I'm not Debbie Downer. Well, well, you're... How am I Debbie Downer? What are you talking about where they played poorly? I'm going to accentuate they, the they, positive. I was quoting Willard. I'm going to accentuate the positive. I love what they do defensively. Yes. I love when they press. I, I love their tenacity. I love the way they play team defense. They are not the biggest team in the world, but eight offensive rebounds, like it. Seven more rebounds than Wisconsin, like it. Hold the home team shooting under 43% in their gym, like it. And they were awful. Perimeter defense, like it. 
Wisconsin 7 for 21. Maryland didn't win the game because Maryland didn't execute around the rim offensively. Mm-hmm. A lot of missed runners, a lot of missed shots within 10 feet. Um, and and look, one team got to the foul line 27 times. The other team got to the foul line 12. So that, to me, is the difference in the game. Maryland didn't execute some high-percentage shooting. And one team went to the foul line more than twice the other. And then a game's decided by five points, and you're the road team, and you're on the short end of that, it, it might not be your night. You're going to lose on the road in the Big Ten. And and Wisconsin's bigger than they are. And they still have rebounded uh, yeah, them. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, there's positives to take from this. Yeah, and the Wisconsin also missed 10 free throws, which helped keep Maryland in the in the game as well. Uh, I, watching Dante Scott, and he struggled from the field, 3 of 14, including a couple of runners, which he usually, th- those are money in the bank. One late that would have cut it to three. Uh, but we talk about his body transformation. If you watched the game last night and you saw him on the defensive end, you could see the difference in Dante Scott from this year to last. He had 10 rebounds. But 10 rebounds and the two blocks. like The, way, the yes. way he is able to play, he couldn't do that a year ago. No, he was a presence. Um, and again, he came one point shy of you know a double double. Uh, but yeah, I mean, two guys in 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 double digits scoring wise. Like it it was a struggle. It was a real struggle offensively. And outside of a period of the, of the game where they dropped a bunch of threes in succession, yeah, late in the first half, it was outside of that late run. But even then, they made that run. It looked like they were going to quiet the crowd a little bit. Um, and, and then you know they just they 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 couldn't score enough to win. But they got it down in the final minutes to a one-possession game. And 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 so every possession mattered. I think it is a learning experience for them. It is a growing experience for them. It's weird how, what, Kerry only hit shots on the road? I mean, yeah. I, I guess that'll change as they play more home games. You would think. <laughs> Excuse me. That's... That's a sort of odd reverse split going on. Um, Here's the key to the game, in, in my mind. And Jeff Ehrman tweeted this out last night. We've had him on the show. Yeah. 11-24 left. Jameer Young made a jumper to give Maryland a 43-42 lead. Their next field goal was eight minutes yeah. later. Eight minutes they went without a field goal. They were 0 for 10 from the field in that time, and there were some makeable sh- – the, the, the thing is, you talk about the defense, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. The other thing I love about this team is they run offensive sets, and they're getting open looks, and those looks are going to drop. Yeah. They, did, they weren't dropping last no. night, but did, how many wide open looks did they get last night a that lot. they couldn't hit? A lot. Um, but there's just a whole – there's obviously a different spirit about this group. Like, it just feels so different than it did this time a year ago. Uh, T-Bone, who's not here, said it off the air. When that game in the first half, they're down 12 early. He thinks that team last year packs it in. Well, they might have – I mean, yeah. It, 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 I don't know that i put it all on them. I mean, again, there was a oh, whole lot of stuff going on yeah. around them. But, yeah, it probably – it probably gets out of hand. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, we'll see about you know rotation. We're, we're, we're still only talking about eight guys, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is a little different than last year, where it would be eight or nine, and the eighth and the ninth are playing five minutes and three minutes. You know, at least all eight of these guys are playing at least twelve minutes. But you you do hope that something else sort of emerges for them. So they take on Tennessee at the Barclays Center. Tennessee's the seventh-ranked team in the country. That's 4.30 on Sunday. And then they come back three days later hosting UCLA 9 o'clock on Wednesday. 
Uh, that if they can get a split out of these two games, if they win both, I'll be I'll be ecstatic. Sure, but if they get a split, I'm feeling really good about this team. And if they lose both, I'm probably still feeling pretty yeah, damn good. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, I, I seven and, and and nineteen the next two games, the rankings. Yeah, if they win one of those games, you're you're like you're pretty much establishing unless you have a horrible run of things in your conference, you're establishing a, a tournament resume. Yeah. You're looking for quad one wins and ranked opponents yeah. and all that stuff. And that's before we get even into Big Ten play. Yeah. I'm saying, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, short uh, of them earnest. having a total collapse, like short yeah. of them, you know, getting swept by Rutgers or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. they just play decent ball in conference, if they get one more of those signature type wins out of conference, you're, you're talking about a pretty legitimate resume. Yeah, you got Tennessee and UCLA. Then they then they go back out of the, in the non-conference. Well, not the Tennessee and UCLA are in conference, but they're playing the pay games. at St. Peter's and UMBC coming to town. Then January 1, Michigan come. Uh, they're in Michigan. Yeah. January 1, and that's Big Ten in earnest. It's all Big Ten from then on until March. Yeah. It's... It's almost upon us. Now it was uh, it was an interesting game to watch because it was a little frustrating. I know my girlfriend's there and she's I'm yelling at the TV and she says, "Are you doing this for me?" And I said, <laughs> "No, I'd be screaming at the television if you weren't here." It's like uh, to just play to play. You're, you're watching these guys and open looks aren't going down. Like I said, most nights and you mentioned Don Carey he hit a couple of key threes. Yeah, they, they're going to have to start dropping at home. You'd think like it's just. That's what he is. He's a shooter. I do like Ian Martinez, and mm-hmm. I think he can. I think there might be more there with him. Not not only offensively, but what he gives them defensively. Yeah. No. I mean, look, he's just starting to figure out his rotations. I mean, we're we're still really early in this whole thing. Um, but yeah, like when Scott and Hart combined to go five for twenty four, and you still lose on the road by five, and it's still a one possession game in the final minute. Like that that shows that there's some tenacity, that shows that there's a will. Um, and it shows that there's like there's a plan there. There's a defensive plan, there's an offensive plan. Just to show you what kind of night it was, they get the ball down five with like I think a round of minute to go. And Dante Scott's got like a seven foot runner, which is yeah, usually money like he, he short, short arms, arms it. it. Then Front the, rim. then I think Wisconsin it's one or two. Maryland comes back down. Hakeem Hart is like, I think he could have dunked the basketball, but he sort of got lost going up with it, lost the ball going up, then got the rebound, missed it again. That's the kind of night it was for Maryland. Yeah. No, nothing came easy offensively. It just didn't. Inside access here on a Wednesday. T-Bone should be back around 5 o'clock. A lot of action in Major League Baseball. The hot stove is cooking. Have the Orioles done anything? We'll tell you in the hot corner next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Inside Access to the Orioles. Brooks, Cal, Men. It's the Hot Corner with Jason, Ken, the Fan. Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. Call Home Life Roofing and Remodeling today for your free estimate and to learn more about their $47.99 roof and gutters offer. Visit homeliferoofing.com or call 410-864-0178. Jason, the hot stove is heating up. The Orioles have not done anything of yet other than the Kyle Gibson signing earlier in the week. Uh, there still are some pitchers out there on the market, but Jamison Tyone signed a four-year, $68 million yeah. deal with the Cubs. Uh, Quintana signed with the Mets, two-year deal. 
Uh, so uh, there there are some pitchers coming off the board. I mean, the money's been higher than people expected. It always I guess, is. but that's yeah, that's that's you know, life in the big leagues. Uh, I can remember when when the Orioles with Dan Duquette was the GM, and they were interested in certain guys, and they said the money was more than we expected. Yeah, it's always more than you expected. Right. Um, Bassett's still out there. I, I would think at this point in time, though, he's going to want four or five years. I mean, I, I there's probably an expectation there. For everybody now, based on on these other deals, Verlander aside, but Verlander is obviously forty years old. And he's still going to get over eighty million dollars for two years. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll be the last team standing. Maybe we'll see what the Rangers do if they're tapped out. Um, maybe Bassett's the guy. If not, it's really slim pickings. And we've talked about Pablo Lopez on this show for a long time, and then other people caught up. But he's not the only. Marlins pitcher who could be available. So maybe it's the kid Rogers. Maybe it's Jesus Lazardo, um, who's still only 25, although it feels like he's been around forever. You know, an electric left-handed arm. Like, maybe it's another electric left-handed arm in Detroit. Tarek Skubal, I'd like to see them get a lefty in the mix. Um, that You know, they're going to have to trade for somebody. Like, just like just Kyle Gibson isn't going to be good no, enough. And they know, they know it's not going to be good enough. Carlos Rodon is still out there. He, but that's going to be really big yeah, money, yeah, though. Yeah. You know, that's going to be more than Bassett. Uh, I guess Manaya is still out there. Yes. So there are options. Evaldi is still out there. I, that one I don't like. I, <clears throat> I just feel like his arm's going to fall off, you know? I'm old enough to remember him being a closer two years ago because he mm. can only get one or two pitches over. Um, but there are options, and I suspect, GG, that they wait for this, what's left of the pitching free agent market to dissipate, you know, before they consummate a trade. But there is no doubt in my mind that Michael Elias has talked to the Marlins and has an idea of mm. what it would take for Lopez, what it would take for Rogers, right? What it would take. For Lazardo, mm. I think he has an idea. Okay, maybe the Brewers aren't going to trade, you know, Burns and and Woodruff, but the Guardians have more pitching than they need. You know, what would it take to uh, Zach Plesac if you really wanted yeah. to go kind of buy low? They're like a falling out there, yeah, yeah. And he's hasn't been the same the last year and a half as he was the first year and a half. Um, you know, I mentioned Scooble, so I, I I have to think that. If they don't sign a free agent, that they are going to do something significant to acquire a pitcher. And then we'll see, you know, is Conforto, you know, the guy for them in terms of what's left on the free agent market from a hitting standpoint. J.D. Martinez is still out there, right? Yes, he is. So there are still options. Or, again, I the, the thing that gets me most fired up, and, and I, I know you'd have to pay a steep price to do it, is Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Or I think you come in, you add another switch inning bat like that. You upgrade at left field to him, and you have him and Santander and and Adley, three switch hitters, all hitting between two and five in your lineup any given day. Um, you know, all, all guys who are going to produce an OPS plus well over 100. That, that fires me up. Uh, yesterday around this time, there were reports that Arson Judge was signing oh, with the Giants. Man. Now he might we still... We weren't so lucky, Gigi. He might still be signing with the Giants, but Aaron Judge... Resigned with the Yankees, eight years. Excuse me, nine years, three hundred and sixty million dollars, and he will be named the next captain of the Yankees. Apparently, this was Hal Steinbrenner on vacation in Italy, doing the doing the deal, finalizing the deal. 
Apparently, the Padres had four hundred yeah. million on the table, and apparently, the Giants had effectively the same thing. Yeah. And Hal talked to Judge and said, "If we do a ninth year, is that enough for you to stay?" And as they're reporting it, that's what happened. I, I wish he would have said no. Um, hey, here's the it's good. It's huge for them. Here's the and, and granted, and and I. People always say it's too much money. It's whatever you can get on the open market. The market tells you it what a what guy's worth. He, he, but we all know that part of these things are you don't give out five-year $360 million deals because then you get taxed. The back end of this deal is going to be painful, and I'll enjoy. Uh, I will look forward to Aaron Judge at age 39 and 40. Well, he's a big man. When, yeah. when his body starts to break down, it's going to be significant. Yeah. Um, and I no, no offense, but I hope it starts happening sooner rather than later. I, I, I have a friend who's a Yankee fan, and the Yankee entitlement is hysterical to me. When it looked like he was going to the Giants, his reaction is Yankees aren't spending money. Hal wants it. Hal's not not his dad. Like they're second in the league in payroll. Like they they right. they gave Garrett Garrett Cole thirty million. Josh Donaldson's making over twenty million. Now they've got Judge making what forty million. That like the the idea that they don't spend money is is stupid. They spend money. Yankee. I don't even waste any time on Yankee fans. Like whatever. They, but they, the they entitlement live in a, no, is just terrible to me. They live in a. I mean, they they were booing this guy. They were booing this guy in the playoffs. Um, Rule five draft starts at five p.m. Yes, TG, it does. You fired up? Uh, no, I, I'm not. Um, this was supposed to be the year when the rule five wasn't our Christmas anymore, Jason. So it's not. Uh, I, I am not. I'm not fired up for the uh, for the rule five draft. But I am curious to see if they pick somebody. Yeah, seventeenth. It's a little different than what we're accustomed to. Um, my hunch is they don't pick anybody and they don't lose anybody but i'm talking about the major league portion of it i'm sure they'll do something in the minor league portion um but yeah look i think we all just need to be a little bit patient here and and you know pitching contracts and free agency yeah i never really i felt like trade for pitchers you know get them while they're controllable use them up for a couple of years if it works out, okay, maybe you re-sign them. If it doesn't, you move on. I don't have a problem with a three- or four-year deal. It's when you get to those seven-year deals. Anything. Even five for some of these yeah, guys who uh, yeah. are already north of 30. Yeah, I, that that scares me. Hey, coming up next, T-Bone's back, and it is a Wednesday at 5 o'clock, so that means former Raven Ray Rice joins the show. We'll get his thoughts on the game Sunday and also the Steelers rivalry. Always good to talk Raven-Steelers with Ray Rice. We'll do that next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.